kids, let's travel the world together. She can make it easy and in any kind of weather. No TSA, no bad checks, no cotton down. She's talking from the skies and sending lots of feel good sounds. Oh, Betty, in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt. Betty and the Chits. Oh, she's weird and wonderful. Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen. Hello and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, we have stories about chickens, models, crabs, tomatoes, fire extinguishers, germs, buns, gifts, shrimp, and capes. The photo for this episode, uh, there's a story um, from a Hughes Air West flight attendant, and they had fabulous uniforms. And the music for the show I recorded uh, in Madrid, on the street, there was a guy drumming on simple plastic buckets. Let's get on with the show. Yes, many, many years ago. Okay, I'm flying Mexico City. Okay. All right, and we're coming out of Mexico, and it's on a DC-10, so it shows you how long ago it was. And this lady, this Spanish-Mexican lady, has this giant paper bag at her feet. Okay. And by the number three door. And I said... It has to go under your seat. And I made the gesture under the seat. So she takes the bag and she moves it about a quarter of an inch forward. And I said, no, 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 senora. Debajo de asiento, debajo de asiento. So I get on my hand, I squat down, and I grab the bag and I shove it under the seat. And all of a sudden the bag starts jumping up and down, moving up and down. And you hear this, it's a chicken inside. A live chicken. So like instead of a chicken bus, the chicken buses where the buses where they're the chickens. It's a Wait, chicken, air, air, chicken airplane. Uh, uh, DC ten. DC ten. So I. She had a she, so, she had gotten so, the chicken that far. She did. And he was in a paper bag. <laughs> so I thought, you know what? I'm going to let customs deal with this. But in the meantime, when the chickens start jumping up and down in the bag, I fell backwards on my rear end. I'm sitting in the aisle, and I finally get up, and the lady whose seat the chicken is under. I start walking away. She goes, is there a chicken under my seat? I said, yes, ma'am, there is. And if he lays an egg, it's all yours. I walked away. So I really liked this story. This guy flight attendant was telling me he's kind of a big guy, tall, um, heavy set, maybe, say, big. Uh, he called it a beer belly, quite a big beer belly. And he said he was working one day and this woman came on dressed nice. And she said, um, you know, I run a modeling agency and you would be great for my agency. And he's thinking, she joking with me? <laughs> no, he's got a big beer belly. <laughs> he's heavy set. And she's like, no, you're, you've got a great look. He starts getting puffed up. His shoulders go back and he's thinking, oh, I'm like, George Clooney, you know, I'm modeling, me, I'm a model. And he was like, uh, 
you think I'm good for your modeling agency? She's like, you're great. You've got a great look. I love your eyes, your cheeks, uh, you got good hair. And uh, he's like, she's handing him a card. And he's like, you, you, you think I'd be good for your modeling agency? Uh, I, I guess I'd, I'd have to go on a diet, right? I have to lose weight. And she's like, no, no, you're perfect. Just like that. And he's like, huh? And uh, he's like, I don't need to diet. She's like, no, all you need to do is start growing your beard in January and let it grow all year. <laughs> she was saying you'd be a good Santa Claus. <laughs> he thought he was George Clooney, but instead he's uh, Santa. Well, this is exciting because this is another Pan Am Stories. I love Pan Am okay. Stories. But you probably heard this one before. He used to fly with us and we used to call him El Profesore or something like that. El Profesor, and um, he was on a flight working first class. He was a purser, and uh, he was going uh, serving the hors d'oeuvre cart, yeah. and he's, he was scratching his ass. And so the passenger sir, said to him, him very seriously, uh, do you have crabs? And he looked at him back, and he goes, sir, if it's not on the menu, we don't have it. <laughs> So this was a weird thing. Coming back from Frankfurt, and uh, we go around to clean the bathrooms. They get gross. And uh, the two bathrooms in the middle, there was a bunch of, like in the one, there's a ton of powder on the floor. And uh, so much so that the powder was, was trekked out onto the carpet. And, you know, it went through my mind, you know, powder, chemical weapons. But I thought, you know, it's probably just baby powder. I don't know why you'd be dousing yourself in baby powder, but uh, I just cleaned it up and uh, went on with my business. Then I go on crew rest and get up, and then the other flight attendant, who uh, I hadn't mentioned it to, I hear a PA saying, ladies and gentlemen, you're not in trouble, but if somebody has doused themselves in baby powder in the lavatory, you need to let me know because otherwise I'm going to have to lock these bathrooms off. They could be dangerous. You know, you can't have powder in public places um, if you're Again, you're not in trouble. This is over the PA, which is weird. You're not in trouble, but please let me know if you poured a bunch of powder in the lavatory. Otherwise, I'm going to have to lock off these two bathrooms. I'm thinking, lock off two. We only have four. And so I went running to get her to tell her, I, there's somebody already did this, and it was fine. And here's a man, long hair, sitting at the front of the plane. He stops her, and he said, I, 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 uh, I put all that powder. And... And she was like, okay, thanks, just needed to know so it wasn't anything dangerous. And I'm thinking, huh, why would you, as a man, douse yourself in baby powder on the airplane? Like, first of all, I think you have to take all your clothes off to douse yourself in baby powder or else you're going to get powder all over your clothes. So you're going to take all your clothes off in a public place, douse yourself in powder, leave it all over the floor, you know, trample it out onto the carpet. I'm sorry, but that's a weird guy, weird powder bath guy. I was sitting, uh, we had some turbulence, so we were sitting in the jump seats at a, at a, basically where you guys walk into the airplane, so we're kind of sheltered from the passengers, a little more than other places. Uh, we're not sitting directly across, there's a closet and things there. So anyway, there was a flight attendant, brand new, been flying six months, young, 
sitting on my left and on my right was a lady who was number 78 in seniority uh, out of you know, 24,000 or whatever we have. She's number 78. So she had been flying over 50 years, 50 years. But what's curious about that is she's number 78, which means there are 77 flight attendants with over 50 years. Wow, that's a lot of flying. Uh, But it was interesting to see the different perspectives. I had the one side, brand new, the other side, really not so new. <laughs> so <laughs> the the actually the woman who'd been flying over 50 years was fantastic. She was still really nice to the passengers. And then she says to the new girl, she goes, uh, when I started flying, they hadn't invented pantyhose yet. And my mouth <laughs> my mouth just dropped open and the young girl was like, what <laughs> in her mind, there's always been pantyhose. In her mind, of course, in her lifetime, there's always been pantyhose. <laughs> but the senior flight attendant was saying, oh, yes, you know, you had to have a girdle and garters that there was no other way to hold up your stockings. And the look on the new girl's face was just perfect. This one is from American Airlines, and it's okay. from a very senior guy that used to work for Trans-Caribbean before. And uh, they were serving in first class, and they used to serve those. Uh, remember the stuffed tomatoes that we used to serve for breakfast with the omelet, oh, yeah, yeah. and they had cheese in it. Yes. And uh, and uh, this guy got like really pissed off at him, and he said to him, "You can take that tomato and shove it up your ass." And he looked back at him and he said, "Sir, I've had many things up my ass, but never a tomato." <laughs> something new about the airlines, which is uh, interesting since I've been here for so long. But uh, we're back in the galley and the girls, I don't, uh, I think we got talking about religion because I was talking about irrational Catholic guilt. I went to Catholic school. So I have this irrational Catholic guilt where it's like, say we don't serve uh, one of the beverage services we're supposed to because there's turbulence. I feel guilty. (laughs) Now, that's ridiculous because uh, I'm not making the decision. The captain is telling us to stay seated, but I know that the passengers know that they're supposed to get a beverage service and I feel bad. But get this. So we're talking about that. And um, the flight attendant goes, oh, yes. Well, you know, the airline purposely hired Catholic people because they knew they had the Catholic guilt and they knew they could manipulate them with guilt the same way the Catholic church does. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Never heard of such a thing, but it makes perfect sense because I'm a really good employee. I do what I'm told because I have this Catholic guilt. And she's like, oh, yes, they looked for that when they were hiring. And I was like, really? She goes, it's even in your employee number. They can tell in your employee number that you are female, white, and Catholic. And I was like, what? I don't know if they're still doing this because people are always asking me, uh, you know, some looking for tips about how to get hired. And I guess it can't hurt. Say you're Catholic. <laughs> but, you know, people aren't as religious these days. So uh, I, maybe that uh, 
isn't a factor in getting hired. So we did a little uh, anecdotal survey. I did it for the next few trips. I'm like, uh, hey, is anybody Catholic? And almost everybody <laughs> on like four crews in a row were Catholic. So maybe there was something to it. This former East German lady okay. becomes a flight attendant. Yeah. And she's really, she is a, you know, really strong, bold, yes. very serious face. When she speaks, she has a very strong accent. She's scary? No, very strong okay. accent. So she starts flying. She's working first class on a domestic flight. She's not familiar with certain verbiage, right. certain, you know, what is a drink, a Bloody Mary and all that stuff. So, so she's standing there and she tells me the story herself. So yeah. that's why I'm relaying. So she is standing there with a tray and she says, sir, can I get you something to drink? <laughs> And the gentleman looks at her and says, yeah, I would like a screwdriver. And this is true. So she stands there and she goes, is something wrong with your seat? Do I need to call a mechanic? <laughs> and the guy behind is looking, starts laughing and says, the guy that she was talking to, something wrong with my seat? You want a screwdriver? So the guy behind says, ma'am, a screwdriver is an orange juice and a vodka. <laughs> She said, oh, you are pulling me, you are pulling me, is what she said. <laughs> this is how she me. did. You're pulling me. So you know, right, he had his glasses, he was looking at me, so I picked up my cart. And I said, uh, and he said, I said, would you like something to drink? He said, I have this, uh, I said, do you have a screwdriver? Mm -hmm. And I looked and I said, no, I'm so sorry, I don't. <laughs> I was thinking he needed a little <laughs> screwdriver. And he goes, you don't? You don't? <laughs> No, I'm so sorry. I said, I know. I, I usually have my little eyeglass kit. Yeah. And he goes, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's like, hilarious. Do you have orange juice? Oh, that is cute. That is funny. That is cute. I like that. That is funny. I just, yeah. That is cute. That's cute. Yeah. This man came in, or this is before we had first class names. Okay. And I thought I was being so cool because I was working first class. And I was boarding, so this man came in and he had, you know those big hanging garment bags? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It said Clue on it, K-L-U-G-H. Oh. So I was like, good morning, Mr. Clue. Mr. Clue, would you like breakfast? You know, Mr. Clue, can I get you something else to drink? Finally, he goes, excuse me, why do you keep calling me Mr. Clue? did you borrow somebody's luggage? Because he goes, what are you talking about? I said, well, I noticed on your, your back strap, it yeah. said, Clue. He said, sweetheart, that's a type of luggage, like Samsonite or, you know. And I went, oh, my, oh God. my gosh, I'm so sorry. You can say, I didn't have a clue. I said, I didn't have a clue. Well, I am going traveling. Uh, in a few weeks, I'm going to Namibia. Africa? Uh, Namibia in November. <laughs> I don't know if that's ever been put together before. Anyway, in the next podcast, I should have lots of stories. I am actually going to, uh, at least it's the plan at the moment, I am going to rent a vehicle and drive myself like a self-drive safari. So I will be driving through the national park looking for animals. Instead of having a, you know, a guide with you, um, it'll just be me. <laughs> 
I'm slightly nervous because, like, what happens if something's wrong with the car? You know, you can't get out because there's, you know, lions and stuff. Um, like, I'm not sure what you do. I don't know if there's AAA in Namibia and you drive on the wrong side of the road. Uh, makes me slightly nervous, but uh, hopefully I'll have some good stories for you from Namibia. Okay, so there was a famous flight in it, and I've heard multiple stories about her, but you have a new one. Yes, her name was Zoe. She was infamous at Pan Am. And one of her stories was at the on the 747s, of course, even when you could smoke, you weren't supposed to stand and smoke in the aft area. That's where all of our oxygen bottles were as well. Latin men do not listen to females very frequently right. whenever they're being given instructions. She was a purser. She asked him to politely a few times, which for Zoe, polite was still pretty stern. <laughs> but she asked him politely to please take their seats and put their cigarettes out. They didn't do it. In those years, the CO2 fire extinguishers were very, very, very large. So Zoe goes and gets a fire extinguisher and she points it directly oh at them and says, Now you're going to put those fucking cigarettes out or what? <laughs> which, of course, they did and they took their seats. Fantastic. I'd like to thank any of you who were so kind when you were going to buy something on Amazon. And let's face it, a lot of us buy things on Amazon. If you click through my website, BettyInTheSky.com, it doesn't cost you any more. And it supports the show. You know, it's, we're about coming up uh, Christmas shopping time. <laughs> Uh, so I like to see what people buy on Amazon. And this past month, somebody bought a tongue cleaner, Lego Boost Creative Toolbox. One person bought Tar, my first book in the Tar collection. And uh, I just wanted to tease a little bit that uh, Marjo, the only, the third book in the Tar collection should be out by the next podcast. Not totally sure, but we're in the process of uh, finishing up the editing. Um, just have to get the cover and uh, should be out soon. And, you, you know, you might want to buy Tar or the Tar Maker, you know, before the third one comes out, Marjo the Only. Anyway, thanks again. If you've thought about me when you went to buy something on Amazon, click through my website, bettingthesky.com. It supports the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Interesting. So you worked for an airline that Howard Hughes bought. And what was that called? Hughes Air West. And how was, was he normal at that point or no? We never met him, of course. But you probably heard things. But he was a little... Kooky? By then, I guess. I mean, because in those 10 years that we were at Hughes Air West, he did live on top of the Desert Inn, and no one ever saw him. He was a recluse by then. We became Hughes Air West, and we, were, we had yellow airplanes, and we wore yellow, and we had wore yellow dresses, yellow shoes, yellow boots. Yellow boots. I still have my yellow boots. You have your yellow boots. Oh my gosh. And we had a cape. Oh, well, we had a jacket. I'll, I'll show you. I have a picture. Oh, you have a picture. Not of me, but of But did you say you had a cape? We had a big yellow cape with a big blue border. Our colors were like it was a bluish purple color. And the airplanes were yellow. And then the Hughes Air West uh, logo was in this bluish purple color. I, I love a cape. Like, I think that sounds great. You had a dress with boots with a cape. That sounds fabulous. Well, 1970, what do you expect, <laughs> you know? Was there a hat? Yes, we had a hat, and I still have that hat. It was like a 
sort of like a hat, sort of like a, a hat from maybe Crocodile Dundee, that type <laughs> of hat. It had a brim. Now, okay, now what type of airplane did you fly then? DC-9s. Wait, was there something before that? Not when we were cruiser West. Oh. Before that, they got rid of the F-27s, which were a two-engine prop by then. But you got to wear a cape. I'm jealous. <laughs> and then in 19... Well, then Howard Hughes died about 1977. And Suma Corporation was not interested in running an airline because they had a lot of bigger things. They were in L.A. and they were a huge corporation. So basically, Howard Hughes always liked airplanes, so that yes. was his fascination. That's why he wanted it. Six airlines in how many years? 50 50 years. 50. Well, because yes. I still am jealous you got to wear a cape. <laughs> we were telling stories, and we all seem to have a lot of stories about the L-1011. I don't know if it's because it had the three pilots, it had the galleys downstairs, it had all the bathrooms in the back. Anyway, she was saying that... Um, with all those bathrooms in the back, it was also the smoking zone. So, you know, it's a long time ago because uh, we haven't smoked on the airplane in a long time. Uh, and they, that smoking zone was usually the drinking zone also. So there was this couple that had gone to the bathroom, the same bathroom, and they were in there for a strangely long time. So now you have a backup. You have people waiting who have noticed that this couple's been gone a long time. So when they finally emerged from the bathroom together, the people all clapped <laughs> and offered them cigarettes since it was a smoking section. Uh, the flight attendant was telling me that uh, the funny part of the story was this couple must have been apparently so energetic that they broke the toilet seat. Another L-1011 story. So we had that lower galley and you had all those ovens down there in a confined space so it would get hot. And um, they had a hook down there and hangers and lots of times people would take certain parts of their uniform off because they were the only ones down there and uh, it was hot. So this girl had taken off her uniform, but we had at the time, I remember this, uh, it was called a smock. You don't hear that word very often anymore. You know, you have an apron, but this was a smock. And the reason why it's called a smock is it went the whole way around your body and it had snaps in the front. So you could technically take your whole uniform off, put the smock on, and you were still dressed, right? You just weren't as hot. So this girl had had her smock on, you know, and she... um left the lower galley, went upstairs, and she's at the boarding door right there by the closet, by the door that you guys come in, and she's taking her smock off, and she didn't realize till she had the smock off that she had nothing else on. It's like, ah! <laughs> she's naked in the front of the plane, in front of all the passengers. It's like a bad dream. You know that dream you have when you're naked at school, you know, you're at your desk and you're like, why am I naked? <laughs> but this instead is naked on the airplane. I was walking through the airport going to my commuter flight and uh, there was a PA. Um, you know, it's like a normal PA that you hear a lot in the airport. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you're missing some jury. Uh, please return to the TSA checkpoint to claims. Once again, if you've left some germs at the TSA checkpoint, please return to claim. And I'm walking, you know, I'm running slightly, cutting it kind of close, not late, but close. And I'm thinking, he say germs? 
missing germs? How do you leave germs? <laughs> and I was like, all right, you know, this is in my business. You know, I'm, I'm just going to get my flight. And then here comes the voice again. The guy had kind of an accent. I don't even know what kind of an accent it was. Ladies and gentlemen, if you left some germs at the TSA checkpoint, please return to claim. And uh, we have known crew member. It's like um, you get, you don't have to go through sort of shortcut through security. And I said to the girl there, I'm like, is he saying if you've left your germs? It was a joke. And she's like, oh, oh. And so then I keep walking and I get down to, I have to check in with the gate agent for the jump seat. And uh, like, there's a guy saying if you've left your germs at the TSA checkpoint and they, they must not have been paying attention. They're like, what? And just then there was another PA, same guy going, if you've left your germery, you know, bracelets, necklaces, please return to the... TSA checkpoint. I guess germs, germery, germery. I don't know. But then here comes another guy on the PA saying in a very clear voice, if you've left your jewelry at the TSA checkpoint, please return to claim. And then the agents started laughing because obviously some other people, maybe many people had said to him, you left your germs? In Buenos Aires, okay. he and another pilot were in Buenos Aires, and uh, they're walking, and these two, you know, girls come up to them, oh. and they're oh, oh, you know, and they're going no, 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 you know, get away, get away, and then the, another one brushes against him, and he realized that his wallet was gone, yeah. so he goes to chase him, chase him, and what the guy does chases the girls, yeah, the girls. When the <laughs> guy turns around and drops his pants, and yes, it's a guy. It's a princess, I know. <laughs> and it stopped short. <laughs> yes, that was surprise you. And they got away. Yeah, it's actually a good, a good uh, tactic. Yeah. Show your uh, willy. Right. Maybe I spend more time in hotel rooms than your average American, but uh, I do notice something. I was wondering if other people do, also, or maybe it's just because I'm always sleep deprived. <laughs> I'm in so many hotel rooms, but uh, I don't have any trouble finding my hotel room, right? Um, but then when I'm leaving, I I shut the door of the hotel room, and there's that moment of, <laughs> which way is the elevator? Like, I should think I would remember. You would think maybe since I always forget, I might think to make me notice before I go in. Never do. So I get out of the room, and it's like... Hmm. Hmm. And uh, almost inevitably, inevitably, I pick the wrong way and have to backtrack and go the other way. <laughs> Maybe it's a job hazard. I was just coming back from Paris and this woman, we're basically pretty full. We're almost always pretty full. And um, she comes up to me and says, um, yes, hello. Um, I like to sleep. So uh, if there's a place where there's, you know, a uh, more room for me to sleep, that would be great. And I wanted to say when she said, well, I like to sleep. <laughs> I wanted to say, um, yeah, you know, just about everybody likes to sleep. <laughs> I'd say almost everyone likes to sleep, except for maybe children when they have to go to sleep. But then once they are asleep, they like to continue sleeping. So I think that makes everyone likes to sleep. It was my first or second flight. 
I come from Arlington, so Fort Worth had a big bakery. It's called Mrs. Beard's Bread. And I recognized Mr. Beard when he came on board because he was always doing his own commercials. Okay? And he was with his wife. He actually was sitting in coach. So after we did the beverage service, I went to him and I said, Mr. Beard, I just love your buns. <laughs> and when his wife looked at me and started laughing, and after she started laughing, I realized what I said to I him. Like your buns. Uh-huh. He had the best hamburger buns. I, it was the best. It's with seats or without seats. probably never. He never and he, I before. mean, no. And he laughed. And then I, I must have blushed because right. he was an older gentleman. Yes. And, I like your buns. You know, and I said... I, I addressed him though. I said, Mr. Barrett, I like your butt. And, and then the other girls overheard me and said, Oh, she's new, you know, like that. So he looked at me and he said, You're not making much money here. And he gave me about 10 coupons, and each one was a dollar wow. for his buns. <laughs> So I'm at work. I'm in my dark uniform dress. And uh, we had a shrimp dish. Uh, when you're working in first class, you have to plate the stuff. You know, it comes in in a tin and you have to warm the plate and put the plate on. And I managed, um, the plate was about to fall. And um, I decided to try to save it with my body. <laughs> And instead, what happened was the shrimp sauce, which was like a yellow-green baby poop color, all over my dress, like in baby poop yellow-green stripes. And I'll tell you what, the other flight attendant was just dying laughing because I could not have, I could not have got more shrimp sauce on myself if I had just purposely dumped it on myself with stripes. And I'm trying with cloths to clean it. I'm trying with uh, as much water and like club soda. I'm dousing myself. By the end of the flight, I was still in my dark dress with baby poop stripes. I got to my layover and I had to wash my dress twice. And there was all this yellow green water (laughs) to de-shrimp sauce myself. I had mentioned that I went to a summer camp reunion in Pennsylvania, and uh, we're all sitting around the campfire. Gosh, I love campfire. And uh, we were all discussing, you know, bringing up memories and things. And I said, I have a question. You know, I can, I can see the tent that we stayed in. I can see the cot. I, you know, I remember all of it, but I don't remember, do we have water bottles? Did we have a glass? Did we have any water whatsoever? And everybody said, no, you didn't need it. And I was thinking, it's so funny how different it is from today. You know, we have to have a water bottle. And here we are at camp and we have no source of water. And they're like, if you were thirsty, you'd get up and walk to the latrine. There was a fountain, a drinking fountain. Um, and so uh, I got to see my teacher, who was my school teacher, who was also a counselor at the camp, and she's the one that got me to go to camp, and I hadn't seen her in so many years. It was so nice, and she was like, well, get this. I never used the latrine all summer. And everybody was like, oh, how is that possible? (laughs) 
how can you not go to the bathroom? And she said, I would hold it because I thought their latrines were gross. And so I would wait till we get up to the lodge. And she said, uh, what a bladder I had back then. It's like a rock star bladder. Something else happened. So this is about a nun. And she accidentally says, oh shit. And she goes, oh fuck, I said shit. Or <laughs> shit, I said fuck. Or fuck it, I should have been a stewardess. <laughs> <laughs> now, I just like a good story. Um, I know, I think in the last couple podcasts, I've been mentioning religion. I'm actually not religious, but this was an, uh, a good story. I was commuting to work. I had to sit on the jump seat. You know, you're always hoping someone's going to be friendly or if you're going to have something to talk to them about because you're really invading their space. You know, you're crowded back there by the bathrooms on the jump seat. It's... You always prefer not to do it. Of course, I'd love to get a seat, but lots of times it's the only way you get to work. So here's this young girl, and um, she started talking about her personal situation, uh, which is great as long as we're chatting, you know, as long as things aren't tense. And she's like, uh, yeah, I've got this new boyfriend, and I, I might need to break up with him because I'm. it's been two years, but I still... Feel, have feelings for my ex-boyfriend. Uh, I like the new boyfriend, but I loved the ex-boyfriend, and I've just been torn about what to do. And I was like, oh, um, you know, I'm trying to give her advice and things, and I let her talk it out. Sometimes you got some, you know, jump seat therapy. <laughs> but she said, well, here's here's the crazy thing that happened last night. She goes, I, I was just, I was just during the day yesterday, I was just really thinking, you know, I, she said she's very religious. And she said, she asked God, I need a sign. Should I break up with the new boyfriend? You know, should I get in touch with the old boyfriend? I just am, I don't know what to do. I'm asking for a sign. And she said that night on her layover, she gets to her hotel room. And in her hotel room is a book, a religious book about getting over past relationships, brand new book sitting there on the table. And, you know, you might not think this is weird because, you know, they do have Bibles and like end tables that people have left. But I have been flying forever and I've never had a, a new book just waiting for me in a hotel room because the she said she looked around to make sure that the room was clean, you know, like, uh, but everything was clean. But there was just this new book laying there and... uh Usually, if there would be a book, the maid would throw it away or take it or you wouldn't just leave it for the next person. It's odd. And so she took it as a sign and uh, she got it out of her her, uh, book. She had it wrapped like she was being very reverent about it, which I can understand if you think it's like a gift from God. You know, you want to take good care of it. And she showed it to me. And really, it was exactly what she asked for. It's amazing. I get some really nice emails, and uh, I got an email from a listener named Christine, and she said, I flew to Maine by myself and spent the week in the Acadia National Park by myself. She said, if you can do it, I can do it. All my friends think I'm so brave. Thank you for your inspirational podcast. It's funny because I don't think of the podcast as inspirational. (laughs) think of it as kind of whimsical, silly, kooky. (laughs) But I was really touched because that's so great. I like it should be a motto. If I can do it, you can do it. A listener named Steve Knight, who's fantastic at sending me content, sent me this video of, I believe, a Russian woman drying her, wait for it, panties. 
in the airplane with the air vent. She's drying her wet panties with the air vent in public. And I was like, maybe that's a stunt. I mean, really, who's who's drying their panties with the air vent on the airplane? And like, why were her panties wet? Uh, that's a question. But then I uh, was like smash cutting in my mind to me a few years back in uh, Madagascar, where I had to leave for the airport with my hair wet and it was very humid and I ended up with my blonde afro and uh, I had a bunch of hours at the airport in um, Madagascar and uh, I was there were no outlets so I couldn't plug in a hair dryer or a curling iron so I put velcro rollers in my hair and stuck my head under the hand drying air vent Which people were looking at me like I was crazy. But then I was thinking, you know, the lady on the airplane drying her panties in the air vent is uh, much worse. Much worse. Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with the Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together. Thanks. Bye. And he looked back at him and he said, sir, I've had many things up my ass, but never a tomato. (laughs) Hey kids, when you fly together She'll tell you where she's been And tell you where she's going You'll have some fun, so why not Come along Seatbelts are fastened for takeoff And the signal is strong Queen. She's wearing high heel shoes, got her wings on too, you